You're listening to the Brazen Truth Podcast, where we talk about morality, sexuality, and spirituality according to the Bible. I'm Tiffany Cater, and today we are talking about masturbation and pornography. Yes, I said the M word. Parental discretion is advised, but you all should be talking to your kids about this stuff anyways, so I don't know, maybe take some notes. Um, Regardless, get ready, get set, let's get awkward. about masturbation first and let's see what the bible has to say about it are you ready it doesn't not one single thing a lot of people feel conviction about this so they translate certain verses in the bible and they say it's for this particular thing but really it's not for instance uh, a popular one is in genesis 38 it talks about a guy named Onan who um really back at that time they had this weird custom that if um the if the husband died and didn't give the wife any babies, it was the the woman was shrouded in shame, really, if she didn't have any kids. It was a lot of pressure on women back then to have kids. And if they didn't, then it was a mark of shame in their culture. So what they set up was for the brother of the relative to marry the woman or to sleep with her and give her a baby. So what this guy Onan did was he slept with his brother's um, widow and before he could give her a baby he um, pulled out and the baby thing didn't happen and he did it on purpose so he wouldn't have any responsibilities Um, so he could say I did what I was supposed to but really not do what he was supposed to God saw him he saw the evil in his heart and he did uh, some other evil things Um, so you know God he got he got got dead the guy got dead Onan got dead and um, that's kind of how God rolled in the Old Testament Don't have time to get into that right now. But the point of the story was not that he pulled out. You know, people use that as a as an uh, as a reason why God disapproves of birth control, which it, it's not about birth control, it's not about masturbation. It's about a guy being dishonest and doing something where he got his pleasure from this woman and didn't give her what he owed her, which was a baby. That's what she was in it for, and he said he would and he didn't on purpose. Um but anyways, there's some other verses too, and I'll get into those, but they don't really um pinpoint masturbation as being something that is strictly forbidden by God, okay? But I want to talk about um, pornography real quick, and then we'll go ahead and go back into masturbation, since masturbation is a little bit more of a complex subject. So let's talk about pornography real quick. Pornography is a lot more clear, because in Matthew 5, 28, it says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart, okay? So you you look at someone, you think about them in that way. And it's like you're doing it in your heart. And you know, our actions all start in our heart. Okay, our actions start in our heart. So when you entertain thoughts of adultery or sexual sin, then those things eventually make their way into your actions. And and people think that maybe it doesn't, maybe it does. People say, oh, I've watched pornography for years and never actually done it. But regardless, the Bible, guys, okay, if you're a Christian, the Bible says that if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So we have to go with what the word of God says. Watching pornography is looking at 
at someone lustfully. So um, Matthew 25, 19 says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. Okay, so it, it backs up um, what you think in your heart, what you're thinking about all the time, multiple times a day, that's eventually going to make its way out into the light of day or your actions. Matthew 6, 22 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So um, there's a saying in the biker world, watch where you go, go where you watch. So if you're watching something, if you see something to the side of the road, you get distracted by it, you're naturally prone to start steering towards it. That's why when you see a police officer on the side of the road, you're supposed to go to the other lane. Um, or if you see anyone pulled pulled over, changing their tire, etc., you're supposed to pull over to the other lane so that you don't accidentally start steering slowly towards them and um, sideswipe them or something, okay? So we have to make sure that we're guarding our hearts, we're guarding our minds, and that makes that topic pretty much clear, okay? Pornography is wrong. It's destructive. It hurts you. If you have an addiction, don't give up hope. Don't be full of condemnation. If you ask God to forgive you for what you did yesterday or three hours ago, stop trying to punish yourself for it. Stop trying to hold um, that sin as if as if you're still guilty of it. Because when God forgives you, he throws it as far as the east is from the west. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. So you can't keep reminding God of your sin. Just get up. Get up, get up. Proverbs 24, 16 says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise up again. Okay, so the righteous fall, the righteous fall. So if you fell, get up again. You may have to um, get into some kind of program. Okay, you need a, an accountability partner. You need some people go to um, celebrate recovery. I think it's called. Um, it's for people who are recovering from addiction um, of all, all types of addiction. Um, it's kind of like an AA meeting. I think it's really important that people get plugged in to things like this to keep them ap- accountable, to keep them trying, because once you stop trying, that's when it becomes a lifestyle of sin and not just I messed up. So get yourself an accountability partner. Also, I, I want to talk about um, dopamine a little bit, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but um, dopamine is what's released in the brain when you watch pornography. That is something that plays a huge part in all addictions, okay? And dopamine is supposed to be a good thing, but if it's not used in moderation and we're not careful about how much our body gets used to hits of dopamine, then that's where addictions take root in our lives. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, so let's talk about masturbation. So many times Jesus taught by asking questions instead of answering them. So let's follow in his footsteps and ask ourselves some questions. Okay. Question number one in regards to masturbation. What are you thinking about? Okay, Um, rhetorical questions. I don't want to receive any emails about what you're actually thinking about. But um, (laughs) but email your email me your questions and thoughts. Just, you know, don't get too crazy. Um, But it is important what we're thinking about during those times. Why? Because we just talked about it. You know, what you think about matters. If you're lusting about someone, if you're lusting after someone in your heart, in your mind, uh, if you're watching something, if you're thinking about a particular person, um, then it's a sin because you're committing that sin in your mind. Um, So some argue that they can think about nothing, that they can do the that they can masturbate with a clear mind, not thinking about nothing, thinking about no one. Some argue that they're thinking about their spouse. In either case, let's talk about those a, a little bit further. 
further because this is not a clear subject. There's not a verse that says thou shalt not masturbate. Okay. But we do have to make sure that we aren't violating our convictions. So that brings us to number two. How does this affect your body, mind, and relationships? Body and mind first. Song of Solomon 8.4 says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So when we start, when we don't have a spouse, then our body is like an in, like a like a train that just wants to keep going faster and faster and faster and get more and more and more. Um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like when you discover. I know I wasn't going to use food as an analogy, but here I am using it. Okay, you eat a lot of sugar, you're going to want a lot of sugar. That's kind of how sex works. Okay. But uh, the point is, the more you do it, the more you want it, and the more it takes to get it. Let's talk about dopamine. Dopamine is the happy chemical that can lead to depression. People used to um, say, psychologists used to say, masturbate all the time. It's great. It releases dopamine in your brain, and dopamine is amazing because it's the happy chemical. But now they're realizing more and more that dopamine is something that people can get addicted to. So you get dopamine from food, you get dopamine from sex, you can get dopamine from pornography, from social media, from video games, from social interactions. Those are all times when our mind, when our brain releases the chemical dopamine and it feels good. So not all of these, those things that I mentioned that um, releases dopamine in our minds are bad. Actually, most of them are good things that God created for us to enjoy in moderation and within his plan. So if you let your dopamine rule you, if we let our dopamine rule us, our body becomes a zombie just out for the next hit of dopamine. Your brain and your body begins to crave more and more until you are in a perpetual state of longing, stuffing your face with junk food and binge watching the Kardashians while scrolling through social media, wondering when you are going to change. So psychologists used to um, used to and still do sometimes recommend masturbation because it releases dopamine, the happy hormone or the happy chemical, not realizing that a symptom of too much dopamine in the body is depression, anxiety, mania. Okay, mania. That's why so many people are sinking into depression and they're linking it to social media. But really, it's from all of these things. They say, watch what you want, do what you want, uh, eat what you want. And all of those things are things that are destroying us. Our lack of moderation, our lack of boundaries, our lack of self-control is destroying us from the inside out. We have to be aware of these things so that when we do these things, we're saying, what harm is it doing? Who is it? hurting you. It's hurting you. We have to start taking care of ourselves by implementing some restraint. Some people do dopamine fasts. They've learned that dopamine fasts improve their state of being by withholding good things that they want it actually improves their lives overall. And this brings us to relationships. How does masturbation affect your relationships? So for me, I started around 10 maybe. I always thought that was super young because I thought I was the only person in the world doing it. But apparently for a lot of people, it starts way younger than that even. 
So um, from the time that I started, again, around 10, I started struggling with a lot of social anxiety, okay? I couldn't do more than 20 minutes around people without feeling just almost claustrophobic. I had to get out. I had to get away. Now, for that 20 minutes, I was able to put on a happy face, to mingle with people, to interact with people. But after that, I had to get away because I felt so awkward. Now, social interactions, remember, trigger dopamine. It helps form bonds and relationships. So social anxiety really prevented me from entering into any deep relationships, friendships that I desperately, desperately needed. Now, I believe that a huge contributing factor was that my mind had trained itself to feel shame whenever dopamine was released in my brain. And the same went for food. And I struggled with my weight and my identity, my sexual identity, my entire life. So this is actually a connection that is being studied by neurologists and victims of childhood sexual abuse. And I really believe that there is something to that. I'm not a neurologist, obviously. You guys are probably like, yeah, no, duh. But um, these are just from different articles, different medical um, papers that I've read, different medical journals that I've studied, that there are links that are connecting dopamine to weight issues, to sexual addictions, to addictions in general, to social anxiety. The evidence is mounting that just because something feels good doesn't mean that it is good for you to do it at that time, okay? We have to learn moderation, learn how to deprive ourselves from something that is good in order for it to stay good, right? So in my mind, throughout my single years um, as a teenager and as a young adult, I thought that I would stop masturbating when I got married. I thought there would be no need for it when I got married because I could have sex whenever I wanted. But guess what? It didn't. Even when I was in a healthy, good relationship with a, with a good man, I couldn't stop. I found myself still addicted to this thing. Marriage doesn't fix it, okay? If you have an addiction to pornography, to masturbation, marriage does not fix it because it's not about sex. It's about convenience. It's about that dopamine hit. It's about laziness. I could go on and on. It's about a lot of other things besides just sex. So I kept arguing with myself that the Bible doesn't say anything about masturbation, but God explained it to me in a parable, okay? One day, I was on my way home home from running errands and I hadn't eaten all day. So I got in the drive through to McDonald's when my husband texted me. He said he was making me a delicious steak and it would be ready by the time I got home. I was just around the corner. Um, so if any of you guys have ever had my husband's steak, it is delicious. Okay, better than any steakhouse steak you could ever have. So I, you know, I was already in the drive-thru and I was super hungry. So I went ahead and I got that cheeseburger anyways. And I felt God say, you're really going to eat that? You're going to spoil your appetite. And for what, McDonald's? Your husband is making a steak, okay? You're, you're gonna enjoy that steak way more if you don't eat that cheeseburger. But if you eat that cheeseburger, that steak is gonna be, eh, you know, it's good, but it, it's not gonna satisfy your hunger because you're satisfying your hunger with McDonald's, okay, McDonald's. So I don't really need to go into that, hopefully, not a whole, not too much. Um, comparing my husband to a delicious uh, piece of meat is probably not, 
Okay. Okay. Sorry. I got to reel it back a little bit. My husband's awesome. And I hope he doesn't listen to this. But God cares about your sex life, okay? God cares about your sex life. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 4 says, The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. You guys need to take that into consideration and know that the two become one. Don't brush off your husband's needs, your husband's desires. And we're not talking about that really right now, but that was for free. Whoever was listening to that who needed to hear that. So the third question is, does it make you feel guilty, convicted, or even hate yourself? Okay. Um, If so, then you should stop. How you think about yourself matters. Okay. It's so important. Proverbs 23, seven says for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, the enemy knows that. Okay. So God might give you a conviction and you say, I don't see anything in the Bible that says, don't do this. In fact, this person is saying, do this. And, um, or this person, this person who I admire, who is a spiritual leader does this. And I'm not talking about masturbation. I'm talking about, um, you know, drinking wine or something. If, if someone who, you know, who you admire, who is a spiritual leader, a great man or woman of God is drinking wine and you have a conviction against it, then you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't push your convictions on other people and other people shouldn't push their convictions on you. If God tells you not to do it, that means it's important. It's important. It's important that you don't do it. So 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7 is a story about food sacrifice to idols. Okay, Paul's talking about this. Um, I think it's Paul um, who's talking about this um, food that is sacrificed to other people. Some people feel deeply convicted that if they ate food that was offered to an idol, that they were condemned for doing that. And other people felt like it was fine, um, that those idols aren't real. So what should prevent them from eating this food? So um, essentially, he's saying that if it violates your conscience, then it's wrong for you. If it doesn't violate your conscience, be careful that your feeling of freedom in doing something doesn't cause someone else to sin. It would be the equivalent of offering your friend who you know is deathly allergic to nuts some peanut M&Ms, right? Okay, so you, you can't give your friend who could swell up and die from even touching a peanut some peanut M&Ms because it's fine for you. You're, you love peanut M&Ms. That's your favorite, right? But that doesn't mean you can push those on your friend who's allergic. We're all different. God designed us that way. That's why he gave us convictions that we need to walk in. Don't talk about it as if it's fine. Don't try to convince someone that it's fine because if they have a conviction about it, it's not fine. For me, masturbation was a sin. It was a sin because it made me feel horrible about myself. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. If you struggle in this area, masturbation or pornography, if you want to stop and you need help, please, please reach out to a spiritual leader 
that you trust, that you know, someone who's active in the church, someone who can help you, okay? Don't expect all the answers. Don't expect that they can provide you with, uh, you know, a peace of mind or self-discipline. You guys are the ones that have to seek that from God and get that from God. But what they can provide you with is accountability. What they can provide you with is prayer. What they can provide you with is a community of people who all have their own struggles. We all sin and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And God takes us from glory to glory. He can use you where you are right now. So allow God to use you how you are, where you are, as he takes you from glory to glory and sets you free with every single step that you take towards the purpose that he has for you. Okay, guys, that wraps up our third episode of The Brazen Truth. The next episode will be May 13th, and we're going to be talking about sexist stuff in the Bible and what to do with it. Okay, Um, that topic is super controversial. Some people will say there's no sexist stuff in the Bible, Um, but yeah there is. So join me on May 13th to talk about this. If you guys have any questions about anything we've talked about, anything we're going to talk about, anything you want to talk about, please shoot me an email at tiffanycater at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, The Brazen Truth. You can send me a message there. Let me know. I want to hear from you. And of course, as always, like, subscribe, comment, share, and I will be with you guys next time on the brazen truth.